day, hollers. Welcome to another episode of Chip and Andy's Dojo. I'm Chip, he's Andy, and welcome to the dojo. What's up, Andy? What have you been up to, man? Namaste. <laughs> um, I am nothing, so nothing. out of it on podcasts. I can't do any of the fucking intros right. <laughs> Last night's B team was brutal. <laughs> Do you know what? I had, I had the night off last night from Forty because it was uh, it was Ali's wedding anniversary. Ah. So we, we we and I was supposed to be going away for work, but then ended up not having to go away. So I I, I sat last night and just uploaded loads of episodes of Forty Two. <laughs> oh, nice! They, yeah, they're I in the can, the so the <laughs> there's a few there for you, Chip. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting caught up. I'm still a bit behind, but there's a, I'm getting there. I did another couple tonight. Oh, good. So there's a load for you to listen to. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, if I've but, caught up, you know you're behind. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need to give Chip something new to listen to. But but anyway, um, I, I did do some... I, I know you've done some exciting Marvel things this week, Chip, but uh, I, I, did do, I did do a couple of things this week. Okay. Um, mainly just involving watching shows that are not part of the MC. Well, <laughs> well, I did, wa- I did watch in- I did watch Inhumans. Um, so... I'm up to date with that, up to, like, the latest episode. It, it's all right. Um, but a show that is actually better than humans is uh, Gifted. The Gifted. Yep. I haven't seen episode two yet, so. So, yeah, I watched the first couple episodes of, of that, and it's actually really good. Mm. I was very surprised, to be honest. Uh, I did not have, I did not expect anything from it going in. We were just like, oh, we'll just. We just watched the first episode just so we can go. Yeah, okay, we don't really need to watch this, but it was actually pretty compelling watching, and mm-hmm. they they've seemed to have done a, like an all right job of tying it into like the X Men stuff, and like in the same way that Shield did it, like we're mentioning Avengers and, and whatnot, like they're doing that with like mentioning X Men and the Brotherhood and referencing things and whatnot. But the the only thing that's a bit confusing about it is I'm not quite clear as to which X Men timeline it fits into, because you know how. And well, you maybe don't know actually, but in the in the X Men movies, there's like ten of three or four different timelines, and um, even within that one movie universe. So I don't exactly know which one this fits into. Um, they they haven't quite said that in the show as of yet. So it's kind of probably one of those things where they haven't decided yet, and they can be vague enough about it that they can decide what timeline they want to put it into, or even in, it could be in its completely own timeline. Who knows? But but as far as the show goes, it is very reminiscent for me of heroes so if you liked heroes like the early seasons of heroes like yeah i think you'll like this show it's really good okay yeah i mean i thought it was awesome mm-hmm. the first episode mm-hmm. and i would say the second episode is probably even better <laughs> which i was very surprised about and kind of annoyed about, to be honest, because I want and you, I wanted a new one to be better than it was. <laughs> but but yeah, well. unfortunately, gifted is better. But yeah, uh, but I mean, we we love everything Marvel here, so uh, whilst we won't cover it in depth like we do all the MCU stuff, I'll I'll still point you in the direction of of it and and recommend that anybody that is interested in these kind of like hero shows uh, go and watch it. Uh, yeah, uh, I will, 
we saw the first episode and I saw episode three of Inhumans. I was kind of, um, I don't know how to, uh, well, I was just out of it, I guess. Yeah, and, and humans is not particularly gripping, to be honest. It's, it doesn't make like compelling watching, particularly. There's bits of it are are pretty good. Like anything involving Lockjaw, I really like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Lockjaw is really well done, and then like he he looks pretty cool. Uh, but a lot of the other stuff is not so good. Uh, I, I did like what they did with uh, what's it, uh, Crystal's hair this week. They made it look not quite so bad. <laughs> They got to tie your hair back. Or like, okay, it doesn't look quite so terrible now. But yeah, unfortunately, Gift is a is a better show <laughs> so far. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, the, the episode three of um, Inhumans was kind of meh. Mm-hmm. And, and we like 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 I said, we will cover that in. Mm. In depth at some point when we get around to doing our inhuman show. Hopefully soon. Yep, soon. <laughs> <laughs> Although by the time we get done with Iron Fist, it'll probably take for Shield to be back. <laughs> well, no, no. Actually, the good good news is Shield isn't coming back until December. Okay, so we've we've got some time, and we've still got we've still got Spider Man to cover. Yeah, uh, Defenders. <laughs> Spider-Man is a, is a, is an easy episode. Yeah, I guess. So, all right, uh, we got new. I, we have news and we have activities. Yeah, so you, you did something quite exciting since the last episode. Well, I don't know about exciting, but well, interesting. <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> all right, um, I. As we said on last week's show, got to go to New York Comic Con uh, this weekend, uh, or just Friday. I only went one day. Uh, and it was Comic Con. Um, I definitely prefer to go for uh, more than one day. Yep. All right. And the reason I say that is. Um, it's, it's a lot to do. There's not, uh, there's no way you can do enough in one day. And you kind of realize that there was stuff on the other days that you really wanted to see or go to as well. Um, I, I saw some videos, uh, from Comic-Con. I saw there were, uh, Eli's buddy had something up, uh, that, uh, the, uh, of some game. It's like I didn't see that. There was <laughs> there, you know, supposedly there was like a Star Wars booth. I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, you know, it was just, it was a whirlwind. Uh, yep, I can imagine. <laughs> you know, you you want you you want to go to this panel. You want to go to that panel. You want to. You know, we uh, as we'll get into in a minute. I had a I had a golden ticket for the Funko shop, but I was you know I had to be there at a certain time, and that was the only time uh, I could get in. 
So um, you had all you had all of this um, stuff, and just not enough time to do it. And you know uh, the fact that well, this is my only day here means this is my only day to buy crap, mm-hmm. which um, made it <sighs> hectic. And <Yeah. laughs> and you know usually I have four days to buy all the crap I want and you know four days to spread out the weight um I had to do it all in one day yeah so I think you took a big backpack with you (laughs) well the the nice thing is if you know where to go um actually we we have a we have a contest we got to figure out we'll talk about that because I do have some swag from uh, Comic-Con to give nice. away. I got Runaways Fidget Spinners. Oh, okay. <laughs> God. That, that is ill-conceived. Nobody's using those anymore. That's, that was a fad that's, that's been passed. I know, and I own about 10 of them. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have a bunch of Runaways Fidget, fidget Spinners, nice. too. Uh, but I was talking to them... Uh, I did not get it. We did not get tickets to that panel. It was also like at 7:45 at night. Now, if we mm. were staying in New York, not a problem. But you know, we left at 7:30 in the morning. I think we got home around 9 9:30 at night. Mm. It was a long day, and that's pretty much four hours of driving. Nice thing is we did find a parking garage that was literally right next to the Javits Center, which is where Comic-Con is. Okay, that's not so bad. So that means you could trip back and forth to the car when you bought a bunch of stuff. Well, see, a lot of times in New York, the uh, the parking, they'll, they'll like put your car up on a ramp. Oh, right, okay. They kind of so park they can them pack vertically. More cars in. Yeah. Mm, okay. So we didn't know where the hell our car was. They actually, I had told them to put it somewhere because I would be coming back with packages, but I didn't think they would actually do it. So mm. I never brought the stuff back because it would have sucked if I walked uh, down there because it was still about three blocks away uh, mm. from the entrance and exit of uh, Javits. But um, it, we literally uh, we get off the highway or the Cross Bronx Expressway or whatever they call it. We took a left, uh, and we're we're about four three four blocks from Javits, and uh, as we're starting to drive, because we just as a uh, landmark, we use the hotel we always stay at, and usually from when we get off the highway to our hotel, which is probably. Yeah, 10, 12 blocks uh, from the highway. It's another 40 minutes because of traffic in New York, mm. okay? Um, <laughs> we got off, and two blocks up, we found my wife spotted a parking, a sign for parking. We pulled in there, and we were right next to Javits. Mm. Now, the only thing about that is, uh, as we were, you know, as we came out of the parking garage and started walking uh, towards Javits, we r- ran into a Comic-Con goon. And instead of letting us literally go two blocks to the right and get there, they had us go f- at least four blocks down, then 
two uh, two blocks to the right and four blocks up to get into the building that was right next to us. <laughs> and by the time we got there, there was no line. <laughs> well, that's not so bad. Well, yeah, but we could have literally walked instead of doing an extra 10 blocks. Hmm. We could have literally walked across the street and been in. Mm. <laughs> That's frustrating, that. <laughs> and, and, you know, in the mornings, uh, you know, when the lines are crazy, I understand. But it was literally mm, 1030. Mm. Everybody's already in. So I was a little annoyed with that. Um but uh, other than that, uh, we got in. Uh, f- we what 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 was the first place we hit? Might have been the Mar. I think the first thing we hit was the Marvel booth. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I picked up uh, a supply of fresh T-shirts and a Lockjaw plushie. And some Guardians of the Galaxy pins. And my wife got a t-shirt or two as well. And uh, it was nice. I mean, usually that line is 45 minutes. Hmm. I was in and out in about 15. Nice. And other other than the Guardians of the Galaxy polo shirt I wanted, uh, they had everything we wanted in our size. Hmm. So... Uh, that that was nice, and then uh, we saw everybody walking around with these sci-fi bags from the Sefi channel. Okay, yeah, Sefi, yep. <laughs> um, and you know when you're at, you know you're talking about well, you bring a big backpack. No, you bring a small backpack because some but some vendor somewhere is going to be giving away big ass bags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the advertising logos and whatnot on them. Yeah, I mean, I have a basement full of these big ass bags, and the, the <laughs> they were there were these nice Sifi, uh, you know, they're like, uh, they're they're made out of strong plastic fiber type stuff, almost mm-hmm. like Kevlar or something, and they actually mm-hmm. had uh, handles so you could or uh, straps so you could use it as a backpack. Okay, and we were kind of bouncing around trying to find those, and we, and it was actually down in the queue uh, area for all the the panels. Uh, the, you could take as many as you wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, I mean, they don't care; they just see it as a promotional thing. So. Well, yeah, but usually it's you know just one. I mean, mm. I mean, big ass bags like that are gold at Comic Con. Mm. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And I, I ended up, I think, with about four or five of them at least. Nice. So I got, I think I got one of every color. Um, and then uh, we found the D, we went to the D twenty three booth, and I got my raffle tickets for Marvel Puzzle Quest. And I was trying, okay. I was trying to confirm because I have this theory about what they're going to do for Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember, what's, uh, it, it, this is a game that I play and Andy's part of our alliance and occasionally plays. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do, I dabble when I have time. Uh, and uh, yeah, you, you usually play daily, and that's all we ask. 
Um, I because I hate kicking people out of the alliance, and I hate recruiting people for the alliance even more. Um, but uh, I never heard from that last guy I kicked. Usually they say, "Why was I kicked?" Well, you haven't played in two weeks. Mm. People get pissy. <laughs> but um, we uh, so I was talking to them, and my theory is for Thor Ragnarok, they're going to do something like uh, uh, Civil War, where it's going to be Team yeah, Cap yeah. and Team Iron Man. So this will be Team Thor and Team Hulk, probably yeah. then. Yeah, and I'm guessing yeah. four or five star uh, versions of uh, Thor and Warrior Hulk. Hmm. And probably you'll be battling the Grandmaster or something like that. They hmm. would they, they wouldn't confirm. Or I said, so this is what I, you know. Am I onto something here? But they wouldn't give anything away. Um. So I talked to them for a little bit. We then went that we, we actually, yeah, I don't know. Around that time, we uh, went down. We got tickets for the Gotham by Gaslight panel. Mm-hmm. Um, we poked around a little bit, um, and then went to the Lego Marvel panel because the new Lego Marvel game comes out soon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure about that game. It just doesn't look like anything particularly new, does it? But it looks so good, and they got all these characters, and they have the Hell Cow in there. Yeah, you know, I don't think they have enough characters in it, to be honest. Like, if you compare it to, like, uh, Lego Marvel superheroes and whatnot, like, there's no Wolverine or anything in it. Like, none of the X-Men are in it. Are you sure? I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm, as far as I'm aware, it's all, like, MCU-type stuff. Like, no X-Men or Fantastic Four. Hmm. I could be wrong on that, like, uh, but from everything I've seen about the game so far, like, no, no X-Men. Hmm. I have to look into that. Because I mean, certainly from the trailers and whatnot, they've they've definitely been pushing like the Avengers and the Guardians, like that's the mm-hmm. two main sort of focuses in it. Spider Man, obviously, Spider Man's in there. <clears throat> of course. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I looked at. I mean. It looks good. It, it, you know, it's just those games annoy me, and then I just kind of throw the controller and stop playing. Yep. <laughs> I think I've, just, I've just played so many of these Lego games. Like, the Avengers game, I, I liked it because mm. Coulson was in it. Mm-hmm. But I've still never, like, gotten around to going and playing the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. levels that are in it. True. <laughs> Even yeah. though I do, I do own them. I'm sure you're, you're the same as well. Like, probably never gotten around to playing them, and maybe never will at this point. Probably not. Um, crap, I just screwed up my computer. Um, there we go. Um, you still there? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I hit the wrong button and all of a sudden I ended up in big picture mode in Steam. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, we, we did that... Um, 
we kind of poked around a little bit. Uh, I probably bought some T-shirts. There's a couple uh, a couple vendors that have pretty decent T-shirts there, including superhero stuff, which uh, I got a Trash Panda T-shirt. I got a Lockjaw hmm. T-shirt. Um, I got Venom. <laughs> I got Yondu. Uh, I got Lockjaw. Um, I got a few others along the way nice. as well. I mean, I, I picked. Oh, and and I got two Marvel cr- Ugly Christmas sweaters. <laughs> so uh, that was, um, and then and then we we hit another store uh, another store where actually I bought the other store usually has pretty good T shirts. And it was, and they also had like some awesome sweaters last year, or sweatshirts and hoodies. Hmm. And I went there and didn't see anything I wanted. My wife found a couple hmm. of t-shirts, but I was like, "Yeah, no, um, I think I'm good." Okay. So, uh, and then it was time to use the golden ticket. This is for the Funko booth. This is for the Funko booth. And like I said, like I said last week, I was able to get in. My wife was not. The only the only person that gets in is the guy with the golden ticket, and you can only get one mm-hmm. of each. Which uh, I kind of uh, think that's cool. You know, don't, that way uh, you c- can't be one of these uh, scumbags that. Uh, buys everything out and then try, you know, cause all they're going to do is flip him. So, yeah. hundred percent. So, uh, I got in there and, and they give you, well, first of all, they said, don't show up before one because, <clears throat> uh, you know, they don't want you clogging up the aisles. So I showed mm-hmm. up about 10 of one. And the line for one o'clock is already lapping around the the booth. So it's like, oh fuck me! Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was literally close to the end of the line. It's like I'm gonna hmm. get screwed out of everything. Um, they hand you a sheet, or they hand you two sheets. One has a picture of all the exclusives, and the other one is one for you to check off which ones you want. And, you know, it, it probably took about 40 minutes to get through the line. And my wife was off doing other things while we were, uh, uh, while I was in line. And then she came up and I'm already inside and I'm now in the actual queue because, I mean, the line goes well beyond the queue and laps the mm. whole booth. I'm actually in the queue and, uh, she hits me at one of the junction points and I hand her the list and say, check which ones you want. And then, you know, because she's doing this, then there's like at least three or four people said, Hey, can you get me this? Can you get me this? It's like, no, I'm getting that for myself. <laughs> and there was one guy that was like right next to her. I just said, he goes, can you get me the power Rangers green Zord thing? And I'm here. Yeah. All right. He, you know, he handed me. Okay. I was like, and then was, the other guys, whoa, what about? And I'm like, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, the, you know, you try and be nice, and then everybody, you know, then you just end up with everybody trying to, mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, ah, this was a mistake. <laughs> I um, mean, you could go in there and like end up buying every single one of every single thing for people. You know, like you don't want to be doing that. That's, that's too much to carry. Well, I, honestly, I mean, the guy just met. You know, he basically tackled me as soon as I got out because um, you know I had <laughs> yeah. I a I had his money and I had his uh, green Power Rangers sword mm. thingy. Um, <laughs> well, that's your good deed for the day. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there were seventy exclusives, Andy. Wow, I that's th- a lot. I think we got somewhere between twenty and thirty of them. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Um, there were a few that uh, they were out of. I didn't get uh, the Kingdom Hearts Goofy. I didn't get the Scrooge McDuck. Um, I didn't get the Chrome Batman. Now, uh, see the exclusive things, right? Are, are these things that you would have bought anyway, or do you think you just bought them because they were on like exclusive to that convention? Um, well, here's the thing about them being exclusive, and mm. uh, you got really need to put that in uh, air quotes. Oh, it's like timed exclusive, like Microsoft uses the word exclusive, yeah? No, it's more, it's not timed exclusive, it's shared exclusives. (laughs) So yes, these things have uh, the New York Comic Con sticker on them, and they are only available there. And some of them are available in Barnes & Noble, and some of them are available (laughs) in Hot Topic, and some of Mm. them are available in Toys R Us. So, yeah. <laughs> so they're, you know, so exclusive is a very loose term. And I think what it is is like they're sort of produced for New York Comic Con and then like it, they'll produce too many, let's say, and uh, then they'll ship them out to those different places after that. Yeah. They'll go on sale. Yeah. In there's stores a, after that. There's yeah. a list over on Funko uh, on the Facebook page of where you can find them because. Um, my cousin's husband actually hit me on Facebook going, oh man, I wish I knew you were going to Comic-Con. I would have had you get me this. And it was the Boba Fett slave, in Slave One. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, dude, I could only get one and it's mine. Mm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, um, but I said, uh, they are going to be available at, in Toys R Us stuff. So mm. start checking the those stores before it goes bankrupt or i think it's already gone <laughs> bankrupt i think uh yeah there was something going on with that but you know the stores do uh come out of bankruptcy not many mm-hmm. but some do um where do you find your cart in steam i can't find the fucking cart um usually if you add something to it yeah, then it'll say do you want to go to it yeah <laughs> um anyways um so uh it, it's probably took about 50 minutes to an hour and we were done with the Funko Pop shop and uh just uh, I mean there are some that are actually pretty exclusive. They only made 750 of them. Something like that. Those are the ones you mm. really want to get. Mm. Um like we got, uh, I don't even know if you know what this is, Mister Toad's Wild Ride. 
I, I have heard of it. It's like a is a theme park ride, is it not? It's actually a it's actually a Disney short that they made right. into a theme park ride. Okay. Um. Okay, that's interesting. Um, and uh, they had like one of the cars from that, and I think they only made like seven hundred and fifty of those. So you know, you mm. grab that. My wife collects Batmobiles. They had an exclusive New York Comic Con Batmobile. Uh, I made, you know, they only made a thousand of them or something like that. I made sure we got one of those. Uh, hmm. Let's put it this way. Uh, within minutes, my credit card company was texting me saying, did you really just spend $450 in the fun code shop? <laughs> wow. <laughs> And not, not only did I have to text back, yes, it's me, yes, I just did that, but uh, I had to call him the next day, too. <laughs> but it was the, I mean, this is the, I mean, we've been going to Comic-Con for so many years, and this is the first time we ever got in there, so it was like, one of everything! <laughs> wow. Uh, what should we talk about that? I, I did just check up for uh, the Lego Marvel uh, Superheroes Two character list that's been announced so far, mm. um, and yeah, there's no no X Men or Fantastic Four or anything like that on it. The only one on it that's like not part of the MCU or part of or might be considered to be part of something else is Galactus. Mm. So Galactus is on the list, but we we're not quite sure who Galactus belongs to at this point. Like in terms of the the rates to him, so it's unclear. Yeah, and I know they're going up against Kang as well. Mm. Well, see, Kang, I've always I've always thought of him as like an Avengers, Avengers. guy, and uh, and he's never like he's never been in like a Fantastic Four or X Men movie or anything like that. So, but like obviously Galactus has been mm. in the Fantastic Four movie, so we know that Fox at least has some sort of rights over him, unless they've traverse them back to marvel in some way but obviously this is this is a video game so it's, it's a bit different but yeah and the other thing is just because they have a giant cloud and they call it galactus <laughs> doesn't mean galactus has appeared in fantastic four that was True. a fucking yeah, cloud <laughs> it could have been hurricane irma for all we know mm. yeah <laughs> You know, um, oh, now my cart shows up. Uh, <laughs> I, I did see the, the pictures that you put up in your video that you put up of your, your haul. Yeah. And uh, the, the, I think the thing that I liked most from it was uh, the Cuphead figures. Oh, I forgot about those. Yeah. Those were exclusive. Those were really cool. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I haven't even bought the game yet. <laughs> <laughs> I keep me. I, I want to, but like I said, until I finish Hob, I'm trying not to play anything else. Hmm. Um, but yeah, there. I got the Cuphead. I mean, they're they're all. I, I have no place to put these things right now, <laughs> <laughs> which is the other problem. Uh, so there's that. There's. Um, the the other thing I got was that uh, Batman loot crate box. Okay, and that what was in that. Hmm. Uh, there was a nice uh, Batman travel mug. Mm -hmm. 
a Batman grappling hook umbrella. <laughs> like a full size umbrella. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's a full size okay, umbrella. Hmm. Um, there's one of those uh, all-in-one tools that you can put in your wallet, which has wrenches and uh, a blade and a saw and a bottle opener mm-hmm. and uh, so, you know the bat tool. Um, mm-hmm. I believe there was a Batman figure in there, uh, a Wayne Industries uh, T-shirt, um, some Joker cards, and uh, put in plastic uh, as evidence, and a Two Face coin. Um, hmm. I don't know if the, I don't remember if there was anything else worth mentioning in there. It was, I mean. Uh, for fifty bucks, it was you know I was I was very happy. It was it was good quality stuff. Mm. So I, I grabbed that. Um, I wa- sort of won the contest or the puzzle quest raffle. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave me the wrong prize. I only answered a trivia question. I think I was only supposed to get a thousand hero coins. They gave me the raffle. Okay. They gave me the raffle prize of twenty thousand. Hero coins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm jealous of you with that one. Like, <laughs> tw- twenty thousand hero coins would, would would change my life in Puzzle Quest. <laughs> By the way, I I'm actually start I'm starting to re-champion characters. I've okay. mad, like Iron Man. I got all the way to two six Mark forty. I got to two sixty six. Hmm. So I started uh, a second Mark 40, and I've already championed him. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, uh, I, this is getting way inside baseball, but uh, the the idea is you farm them. You know, hmm. you once they hit 266, uh, you sell them, or you have another one started, and then you sell the one that's maxed for lots of ISO and so a few hero coins. So... Okay, but yes, I, I just marked uh, or just championed my second Mark Forty. I've been doing it with the hmm. two stars for a little bit. Um, we went to the Gotham by Gaslight panel, and by this time, I'm dragging my ass. Hmm. Um, I, you know, I've read Gotham by Gaslight. It was like an eighty or ninety-six page uh, one-shot graphic novel back in the 90s where Batman basically is Sherlock Holmes. It's quite a good comic, to be it's, honest. It's a good comic, but yeah. I, I was like... And my wife was, you know, she kept saying, oh, we got to go to this panel. It's like, yeah, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you know, of all the panels, I mean, it was just... Friday didn't have that many great panels mm. other than the Runaways, and that was already capped. Um and too late. Um, but we went, uh, you know, they had, the, they talked about it and how, how you know, the, the it's only in, uh, you know, a one shot. So they've had to, it's loosely based on the story. They've added quite a bit to it. Um, it was our, I mean, I, I literally dozed off in it, but I was just exhausted. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, then uh, I'm trying to, I mean, you know, we did a little shopping, we did a little poking, 
Uh, I can't say that there were any booths or anything that really caught our eye. I talked to the Madefire guys who are doing the VR comic app for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, you know, it's like, so the demo, you, I saw the thing last year. You finally released it in April when you were was supposed to come out in December. And it's still only a demo beta thing. When are you going to start adding content to it? Well, it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, princess. Well, I'm I'm here. I can't work on it right now. But uh, we'll 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 have some stuff. We'll we'll be working on it soon. So um, yeah, it was. But, and and then then we uh, got in the car and came home. Um, it was fun, but definitely I prefer to stay there. Hmm. Um, because it turned. I mean, there's just so many. Um, so many. Uh, Things to do, so many things to buy, um, so many, pan- you know, it was like there were a ton of panels that uh, I really wanted to go to, uh, but, you know, they were Saturday or they were Thursday mm. or they were at um, uh, 8 o'clock at night. So, mm. um, I so I just kind of... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of felt uh, I was a little bummed about it. So, but uh, yeah, it was fun. It's over. Uh, I was garbage all weekend afterwards, just exhausted. So, uh, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> but, um,. Yeah, that that was Comic Con. Did I get to, you know, like I said, I didn't get to go to any of the Marvel panels. I didn't get to see the Runaways. Uh, you guys probably had, you know, they had. I, I know they live streamed everything. So you hey, got, I didn't didn't see it, unfortunately. Neither did I. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, yeah, I'm done. But, um, yeah, that was Comic Con. Nice. Should we uh, get into? Should we? Uh, oh, I guess we have some. We we have news because yeah, it was a couple Comic-Con. of bits of news. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that uh, uh, we weren't able to talk about last week because it happened after we recorded was they pulled the Punisher panel. Uh, no, no, we spoke about that. Okay, we did. Yeah, we did because uh, they they did they announced it before, like a couple of days before, and we did record like what, a couple of days just before we Comic Con. So yeah, yeah. So we we did we did mention that because I think it was that night uh, the that that news dropped. So shame that they dropped the the panel, but we can understand why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they had a good reason. And you notice they've been kind of really quiet on the Punisher. Like they've been like really ramping up like the the trailers and like putting out information and news and stuff like that. And like 
you know that way they do it where they put out posters like every few days mm-hmm. of like this and that and the next thing and they've like since that happened they've just went basically completely silent on it well so they're they're, they're trying to get a bit of distance from that i think my theory was they were dropping it saturday mm-hmm. that and it- i think i think you're probably right but because of what happened there they're obviously they're holding back on it so i think we'll, we'll see that next month now yeah, they're talking November, so. Yeah. Um. All right, let's get into the, let's do the news quick because this show's already running a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Marvel Powers United VR, that VR Marvel game that's coming out, mm-hmm. uh, it's announced that Thor is going to be in it, and they kind of showed a trailer with Thor's powers in it. Oh, it looks so. like you're going to be fighting in the arena with uh, like Hulk and Hulk bot type looking things. I mean, it looks interesting. I think, I think it may be cool to try out. I don't know if there's too much depth to this or this type of game, but I mean, it could be interesting. <clears throat> yeah, the VR games aren't very deep. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but I mean, it could be fun to mess around in. Um, I think I think this I think this is coming to Oculus, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, I think it was coming to all all VR systems. Yeah, so be, be interesting. I'm sure. I'm sure it's probably one that you that you pick up and go, "This is terrible." <laughs> Who me? Yep. <laughs> Would I do that? <laughs> um, um, okay. Other other news. I'm um, just regarding. Uh, Thor Ragnarok and Mark Ruffalo had an interview this week mm-hmm. um, where he was talking about uh, Kevin Feige apparently pulled him aside before like when they were kind of in talks about uh, what to do with the Hulk next and basically said that if you were going to do a like standalone Hulk movie, like what would it be? Like what would you want to do? And he basically said, oh, I think it should be like this, 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 this and this and then it ends up like this. Obviously, being very vague about what he actually said, but uh, but apparently Kevin Feige said to him like, "Oh, I love that. That's a great idea. Why don't we do that in the next three movies, starting with Thor three, and then we'll go into Avengers three and four. So basically, like Thor three is like the beginning of this trilogy of Hulk arc, which is going to take place in Thor three, uh, Avengers three, and then Avengers four. Yeah." So I would guess that, like, obviously we can see elements of Planet Hulk in, uh, in Thor Ragnarok, 100%. Um, I would guess that in Avengers 3 slash 4, one of those two will be, like, a World War Hulk type thing. Possibly 4, because I think it might be too much to try and squeeze that into 3. If you're off in space battling uh, Thanos, you're probably not going to have Hulk on off battling against the heroes but you never know <laughs> yeah you know world war hulk hmm maybe maybe in avengers 4 yeah i mean i could definitely see it happening maybe Um, it's, 
that that would be an odd one to go. I mean, you kind of have to go there though, but uh, I'm I mean, guess... they may not necessarily call the movie that though, and they just they would have that as like an element of the movie. Well, I don't think they can call it World War Hulk, but yeah, I I think you're right. Um, in the same way as like they're not calling this Thor Planet Hulk or anything like that. It's got potential. Hmm. It's basically they're doing a Hulk trilogy within the movies. Yep, which which is cool, and it's a shame that they can't do a standalone Hulk movie. But I mean, maybe it is for the best. Like, I mean, the standalone Hulk movies they've done before not been particularly great, to be honest. So, and what they've done with them in the Avengers movies and whatnot so far has been pretty decent. All right. What else we got? Um, look, I think is the the last thing about Thor Ragnarok is that it is going to have two after credit scenes. Yep. I don't know what they are or what they're about because I stopped reading the article Me once too. I <laughs> <laughs> once I was like, okay, there's going to be two. That's fine. <laughs> I don't need to know any anything further from that. So, <laughs> but yeah, there's going to be two. So make sure you stay uh, stay tuned after the the credits for those. Um, Avengers: Infinity War. It's had some like uh, promo stuff shown off, and it looks like Blackwater's got blonde hair in it. Yeah, that, that they've been showing that for a while. Yeah, well, I hadn't seen that before. Like, uh. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, also, in like the promo I work for, there's a couple of like characters who are no longer around in the MCU that are in this promo picture, which is strange. I'm not saying who they are, but. There's two characters that are in it that are no longer around in the MCU, so... Oh, I didn't see that picture, but okay. Don't spoil it. Yeah, I mean, the, it's not like... I wouldn't say they're in, enormous characters, but certainly they're uh, they're not around in the MCU anymore. I'll say that. Okay. What else we got for news here? Um. Yep, so... What else do we have? Oh, we have the uh, the article that I sent you earlier on this week, okay. which was Marvel had, and uh, I, I don't know if you read up a bit more into this, but like Marvel basically had uh, a weird, a weird kind of <laughs> top secret Marvel Cinematic Universe photo shoot. <laughs> oh yes, that. Uh, that some of the cast were, uh, they, they, some of the cast were putting out a couple of pictures of them with other people, like at a photo shoot. Which I mean, they go and do these things from time to time for like press calls and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But Mark Ruffalo like shared some footage of himself and a bunch of other MCU people at this photo shoot, and this had like absolutely shit tons of them there. Pretty much most of the MCU, although I didn't see any of the people from any of the TV shows there, <laughs> which, which I was like, well, fuck you guys, you know. <laughs> but uh, but it did look like they had most of the cast from most of the movies there, which was interesting. Uh, but Hayley Atwell was there. Yes, she was. But she was in the movies, so I, I mean, I was like combing this footage looking for Coulson. <laughs> like, where's Coulson? Because he was in the Avengers movie, he should he should be there. Uh, but it's interesting. I, I End think of this, Avengers um, four, they reveal that Coulson is actually the Watcher. 
I mean, he could be <laughs> one one of the watchers, yeah, like a Stan Lee type thing. Um, but but yeah, it's it's an interesting like thing that they're doing. Um, do you think this is like related to you know how they've done these like specials in the past that they've aired on like ABC? It could be. Do you think that's related to that movie? Something like that. The fact that they're doing it almost two years before the end of the current MCU. Hmm. Uh, you know, but this, I guess, you know, hey, this is the only time we can get everybody together. You know, we already have 75% of the people uh, probably on set for uh, the new the Avengers 4. Mm-hmm. Let's just get everybody here and film a special for the ABC for ABC. Like that that's what I would guess it is. I don't I don't know that it could be for anything else because I mean they're not going to like put this on like a one of the DVDs that's coming out anytime soon like I mean you've got Spider-Man's like basically about to come out and uh the other ones your like Guardians is already out and your other ones like Thor Thor isn't out yet so you're not going to no. probably not do it for Thor. No, you're going to do it for one of the Infinity uh one of the Avengers movies. Mm-hmm. Um and probably it'll be Avengers 4 because uh, to kind of dovetail into this, uh, Kevin Feige has talked about what happens after Avengers 4 and kind of uh, tied it into uh, Star Trek, the last the last episode of the Star Trek, The Next Generation, where uh, they say all good things must come to an end. Okay. <laughs> so... Um, I have I have a feeling going into Phase Four, it's going to be a very different Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm. Um, there was an article I was reading uh, on the way to Comic Con on Friday, and it mm. was the comic book retailers had a special me- uh, you know had a special panel with uh, the Marvel editors. And one yep. got up and just said, basically, you're killing us and you've ruined all our favorite characters. Nobody wants to come into the store and buy you know, and comic books with Iceman kissing other guys. I mean, these are things that the guy actually said. Or yep. come in looking for Thor and find out he's now a woman. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know bring back the original heroes. I mean, I mean, Iceman has been gay for a long time, so <laughs> I think it's kind of stupid for him to bring that up at this at this point. You should have brought that up a long time ago, but I mean, no, it's you have been a couple of years. There for, it, he, well, it's a, some, it, it was announced a, quite a while ago, anyway, and it was always kind of hinted at before that. But um, but yeah, like for I I do kind of see where they're coming from for like casual fans, let's say, uh, coming into a comic book store and going, oh, like my son likes. Likes the Thor movies, like I want to buy him a Thor comic book. Like, where's the latest issue of the Thor book? And they go pick it up, and it's like, oh, it's like, this is not like this is not Thor. (laughs) So, but they are they are doing something like they're not doing like a classic line or something like that, where they're bringing back the originals. Marvel Legacy, they're going back to the original numbering and everything. Um, Yeah, which I'm I'm totally in favor of that. Like, I I would rather I, I mean, they don't. 
they, I know the kill characters of them want to have dramatic effect and all that, but they always bring them back every time. So just don't kill them off. Just keep their story continuing and like write a good story that doesn't involve killing someone off for dramatic effect. My, you know, and uh, and unfortunately, the guy who the comic book guy who got up or the comic book retailer got up wasn't very eloquent mm-hmm. <laughs> in making his point. <laughs> Um, nope. you know, he kind of came off as, well, a homophobic racist, but, um... A, a sexist as well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, but, and, and, you know, yeah, okay, I'm a middle-aged white male, um, and the comic books I read were, you know, certainly marketed to to uh white male teenagers mm-hmm. yeah to an extent i mean you know most of the characters were um were white and a lot of the ones that were other races were somewhat characters of some of those races look at luke cage all right mm-hmm. the original yep. luke cage hmm <laughs> Um, you know, or Wong in uh, Doctor Strange, you know. Oh, yeah. The, the Asian manservant, you know. Um, with Even the... just saying it, it's like, it just reminds you of the casual racism that they had back then. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, uh, the thing is, you know, these are the classic characters. I, I understand, yes, diversity and uh, that, uh, you know, all races and genders and preferences and religions oh. and everybody should be represented. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to, uh, you know, uh, you, you create new characters. You uh, don't destroy your uh, empire. Mm. by uh, changing the characters that basically built the Marvel Universe. Mm, yep. You know, I'm, you know, people, you know, you see Chris Helmsworth as Thor in Ragnarok or Avengers. You pick up a, a an issue of Avengers or Thor, you want to see, you know, uh, a blonde-haired uh guy you know if you pick up captain america uh you want to see steve rogers you don't want to see sam wilson in the costume yep. you know falcon uh can have his own comic you know um same thing with you know war machine uh i have no problem with uh telling these characters stories and promoting them in the movie so that they become as popular or, you know, even more popular than Tony Stark or the original Thor or, you Mm. know, do a Miles Morales movie. Go for it. Um, You you certainly can't do any worse than the Spider-Man movie you released this year. Um, (laughs) So, you know, uh, I kind of agree with them that... uh, you know, and maybe you tweak or you alter or you do something, but they just went wholesale and uh, changed everybody. 
I read a I read an article where uh, uh, they were saying that you know uh, Carol Danvers, aka Ms. Marvel, um, is slowly transforming into a man. <laughs> Okay, like you know, I mean, actually, she, or just... well, well, I mean, you know, uh, she's got the short hairdo. I mean, when when Ms. Marvel first appeared, and even mm. in her other because uh, uh, she, she's been a couple of different characters, right? She's been Ms. Marvel. I guess she yeah, and she was Warbird as well. I think she was. I think yeah, the Warbird was another one. But and uh, you know, she had Captain the, Marvel. She had the classic, you know, drop dead figure with a big bo- mm. with a with a nice big booty and a nice rack, and now she, uh, you know, and long flowing blonde hair, and now what? She's uh, sporting some type of mohawk or short cut and. Uh, you know, uh, has had significant breast reduction and uh, a butt tuck or two along the way and has the body of, uh, you know, uh, a 15-year-old boy. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I don't, maybe, maybe her outfit is more tight-fitting than the old ones, I don't know. I mean, people do change their hairstyles a lot over their, their lifespan. I've had multiple <laughs> different hairdos of varying degrees of success, so... <laughs> And I'm being a little facetious, but at the same time, it's, uh, but you know, it's like, you know, yeah, you take, you know, uh, you know, because all the, all the women in the Marvel universe were, you know, were big chested, nice butts and, uh, spectacular figures. And, Mm. you know, now we're, now they're desexualizing them, I guess might be the way to put it. Mm hmm. Or they could just be like they're making them look more like realistic women in today's society. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, you know, I mean, well, you know, it. Yes, it goes back to what the sixties and seventies were, where it, where comic books were misogynistic, racist, and uh, uh, geared to a one particular audience. But that particular audience grew up and, uh, you know, and uh, they had to, uh, uh, I'm sorry, my wife is screaming in the background. Um, <laughs> my... <laughs> you okay, dear? <laughs> Uh, but it, so they're, you know, they're, uh, I understand, uh, doing this, but I think you do it by creating new, new compelling characters, not mm. ripping apart your past. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, what else do we have here? I don't want to do the seven reasons why inhumans failed. No, we can talk about that when we talk about Inhumans. I did not get to um, see the Runaways trailer, did you? I, I did see it, yeah. It looks pretty good. Uh, it definitely looks better than the Inhumans trailer, I'll tell you that. Well, that's setting the bar low. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it looks like an interesting kind of show. Like, it basically sets up the premise for them, like, uh, discovering that their parents are super villains. Because they're all, like, I think they're all, like, over at one of their houses and uh, they're like, oh, my mum's purse is here. And they're like, oh, my dad's car keys are here. Why are these here? And then they discover, like, a, a secret room in the house and it's like they, they see their parents, like, doing some weird kind of, like, devil worship, sacrificing business, cultish stuff going on. And uh, and then, obviously, they run away. But, I mean, it looks quite cool. I'll, I'll I'll definitely be be interested to see if it's a good show. <laughs> if they can turn that premise into like something that is compelling. Uh, I agree. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's next month. Mm. Yeah. So what is it? Air runs Hulu, isn't it? Yes. Yep. Where's those fidget spinners? It says it right on them. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> They they had a thing, and I just wasn't going to... I mean, I was trying to use the same picture, because if you uh, hashtagged each set of lockers they had, which were scattered all over the Comic-Con, you would get a mm-hmm. trinket at each one. Right. Yeah, I tried to use and no, they wanted you to take a picture at the same one. It's like, seriously, I'm not going to spam four mm-hmm. pictures of a bunch of lockers on my website, so on my Facebook page. So, uh, so all I got were the fidget spinners. Mm. Um, so, okay, we did the, we did the story on, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just kind of out of it tonight. Uh, <laughs> the other thing, uh, that. Tim Hernandez put up that I wanted to talk talk about, um, and I'm looking at another one he put. It, you know, Karen Gillan is teasing that uh, she's finally going to uh, have her confrontation with Galactus in mm-hmm. Avengers: Infinity War, but she won't say. Oh, you mean her. you mean Thanos? Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. What she what she can she's sworn to secrecy as to whether or not she kills him or Drax does. <laughs> um, the other one that I really thought was interesting was uh, they did talk about the plans for uh, the Disney streaming service. Okay, so what did they say about that? Um, it's starting in 2019, so we have a year. Mm. Um, they will be pulling their Disney-owned and Marvel and Star Wars movies from Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, they expect to do f- probably about five movies for the service each year. That's Disney, Star Wars, Marvel, you know, not just. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do expect to premiere new series on mm-hmm. the service. But it, you know, obviously, they're not saying who, what, where, or when. Hmm. Wah. So, you know, it'll be interesting. I mean, it'll be interesting. Do I mean, do they just kill the Netflix universe? Do they move it over to the streaming service? 
I mean, it depends on what kind of deal Netflix has with them. Because uh, Netflix, um, as far as I'm aware, co-financed like a lot of the production on uh, on the shows that are on Netflix, the Marvel shows that are on Netflix. So I can't see them agreeing to that unless they've it's written in the contract somewhere that Marvel retains the rights to everything and can do what they want with it after their exclusivity deal is over. So it'll be, be really interesting to see how this one pans out. Uh, I'll subscribe to it. <laughs> I know you will as well. Like It's just one of those things. Yeah, I plan, I plan to, certainly. Mm. At least, uh, you know, if, if there is some, I mean, you want me in on day one, you have to have some new compelling series ready for day one. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, if it's, well, you know, uh, season two of The Defenders comes uh, in a couple months, it's going to be, all right, I'll see you in a couple months. Mm. So. I mean, I'll, I'll watch it regardless of what it is. It doesn't matter. <laughs> if it's in the MCU, it's getting watched. And and maybe this this service will allow them to be a little bit more uh, integrated with the movie service. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. We'll see. We did think this about heaps of shoes going in. And and with the Netflix stuff as well, but who knows? We'll, we'll wait and see on that one. Um, I think we've done enough news. Uh, there's just one other thing uh, to mention. Um, uh, Adrian Palicki has said that she is ready and willing to return <laughs> to Agents of Shield as uh, as Bobby, aka Mockingbird. Um, She's on another show, though, is she not? Yeah, she's on the or- or- Orville. Mm-hmm. So just a bit, maybe she just doesn't like that. <laughs> and she's like, please let me go back to S.H.I.E.L.D. I like that more. I'll be, I, I, uh, they're saying that uh, or- the Orville is doing well enough that it will probably get renewed. Okay. So. Just something to think about. Hmm. But yeah, she said she, you know, I read that whole thing and she says she wouldn't mind doing a cameo. Hmm. So. I mean, but, I mean we know Lantana's coming back, so they'll need to at least explain her absence. Oh, yeah. That will be interesting. Yep. Depends where he shows up, I suppose. Yeah. All right. Let's get into uh, this week's episode. Oh, the uh, one last thing, and then we'll get into it. Promise. Uh, Yo-Yo has been made a regular for next year, or for this coming yeah. season. Yeah, I'm. I don't like Yo-Yo. <laughs> that that news was like, yeah, I don't care. Like that just means she's going to be like making Mac have worse. Uh, lines and uh, worse scenes. I don't, I don't like the way he is with her. Mm. It just doesn't feel very Mac. But yeah, yeah, maybe she'll maybe she'll get killed off, and that will be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so well, like whiny boy. 
Yeah, yeah. Maybe they do do things like that though. Um, like with Zena, they're like, "Oh, look, here's Zena's mum. She's going to be a big part of this season." And then they kill her off in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> There's a motivation for you. Go and avenge Zena's mum. Okay. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, okay, so this is uh, Iron Fist season one, episode ten, which was called "Black Tiger Steals Heart." So this episode kicks off with uh, Danny waking up next to Colleen. Uh, she says at home, but it's not the dojo that they're at. Um, however, Colleen says it's the safest place that she knows, which is interesting. It looks like a kind of nice place-ish, <laughs> but yeah, we'll get to that. Um, we then see Harold trying to explain his lies to Joy and like why he's pretended to be dead for years and does a really bad job of it. <laughs> he doesn't like. He doesn't really even explain that he was uh, forced to pretend to be dead by the hand. He just tells her that yeah, he's come back from the dead more than once. Like, and I would be absolutely really freaked out if I was her. And she didn't seem to be that freaked out. She's like a a, a little bit like kind of like this is weird, but she's not like holy shit, you're not dead sort of thing. She's gotten over that very quickly. Um, he just basically says that he wants uh, he wants to, them to be happy and whole, and he wants to help Ward with his drug problem as well. Uh, basically, he does plan to try and get the company back. However, he does say that he's not going to use Joy's blackmail plan. He says that they're they're going to do it like, like a legitimate way and use uh, <laughs> Hogarth's law firm and the courts to sort it out. Okay, well, I mean that that might work, but. As to what happens later on, like this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like what? <laughs> um, but yeah, he does. As he's like giving Joy a hug, he does see that his uh, assistant Kyle's body is just like in his. Now it's. It, I thought it was an aquarium, but it's not an aquarium. It's kind of like it looks like an aquarium, but there's no water in it. A it's just like a. Yeah, kind of. But I mean, I don't think there's any animals in it. It's, yeah. it's just like plants. Was it a vivarium? Is is that it? I don't okay. know. But he's. He's cultivating plants in a glass case and also a body. <laughs> it's good fertilizer. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we find out that Colleen has taken Danny back to uh, Bakudo's group sort of headquarters, training facility sort of place. Um, and she says that this is like basically her family and these are the people that took her in after her, I believe it's after her grandfather died and she was kind of left alone and adrift. Now, See this place? Did it remind you of anywhere in in the MCU that we've seen already? I'm trying to nope. think now. No, not really. <laughs> okay. so, so to me, it totally reminded me of of Afterlife. Afterlife? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember where the uh, the Inhumans were? Oh, okay. Um, where Jayeg's group of Inhumans? See, I. See, I did not get that vibe. It looked like, uh, yeah, I'm kind of looking at it. It's like, uh, how are they hiding this in in downtown uh, Manhattan? I, well, I mean, it seems like it's it's a wee bit further out than that. It seems more like it's kind of near a mountain somewhere. Um, that's why it gave me the vibe of like the, of afterlife, where it's like a secluded colony, a sect or a cult, if you will. Mm. <laughs> Like, what have we stumbled into here? Like, what are these... What's this weird cult doing? Um, there's something not quite right. Like, that sort of feeling. 
of like, yeah, everything's peaceful and serene and like everyone's happy here. And you're like, hmm, something's not right under the surface here, as we'll find out. Uh, however, Bakudo does uh, teach Danny how to recharge his chi, um, and he does like explain that he knows what the Iron Fist is, which obviously anyone else that Danny's told about the Iron Fist has been like, what are you talking about? Um, and even going forward in Defenders and whatnot, when he's like, I'm the Iron Fist, they're like, what is that? <laughs> but uh, Bakudo knows exactly what it is. He's like, yep, cool, you're the Iron Fist. Like, I know about this sort of stuff. Uh, Danny does mention that his training as the Iron Fist went sideways and he, he didn't learn all the things like he was able to do. So like he didn't learn how to recharge his chi and he didn't learn how to like heal people and stuff like that using his power. Uh, so Bakudo shows him how to uh, harness the five elemental energies, which is Iron Fist yoga, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he does and it's just... It looks very silly, but uh, it does work and recharges his chi and, uh, and he's then hungry after that. Um, and they kind of send Colleen away and Bakuro gets a chance to have, have a chat with uh, with Danny on his own um, Bakuro tells him that basically they keep a low profile for, for his group and he gives uh, the people that come to join them a purpose um, they're mostly like waifs and strays essentially like people that they bring in like n- not necessarily homeless people but like orphans and, uh, and, and that sort of thing people that are kind of down on their luck uh, and he brings them into the fold and helps them out and gives them a purpose, basically. He does mention that he has placed uh, Gao in confinement for now until they can work out what to do with her beforehand, before he apparently plans to hand her over to the police. Uh, and Danny does mention that it seems familiar to him and he says it kind of it's kind of like they've got similar sort of ideals to the monastery because there's a lot of training and whatnot going on and uh, there's a bit of a regime and, and things as well too how this whole place operates uh, and I was kind of like and you can see the kind of look in Danny's face here as well he's like why are you training these people to fight Bakudo like why are you training like an army of youngish people to fight for you why are you doing this <laughs> like what, what's what's in it for you and Danny's kind of like almost asking him the question but kind of dancing around it a wee bit uh, so Bakudo then takes Danny into his office and he tells him basically that he can turn Rand around and like make them a good company essentially and not like one of these corporate uh, conglomerate companies that's uh, bad <laughs> essentially. You're like, okay, well, this is very vague, but yeah, go for it. Uh, he then shows him some footage of some Russian soldiers fighting an, a different Iron Fist from back in 1948. And apparently, Bakuro's been basically obsessed with the Iron Fist since he saw this footage uh, not a number of years ago. But why is he so interested in it, and why is he like so obsessed with with uh, the Iron Fist? And because he's obviously done a lot of research on it and whatnot. And but what's his end game here? I was mm. very curious about like what this guy's deal was because he's he's very he doesn't explain anything uh, about his motivations whatsoever he's just like yeah i like to help people no that's not good enough that's not cutting it here it's terrible explanation um he does however offer danny to help him become who he's meant to be and danny's like well i don't want to be like a guard uh because essentially the amphist's job is to guard the gates of kunlun um and danny's like no i don't want to do that but Bakudo doesn't want him to do that either. He wants him to be his partner and to help him train people who have been marginalised and forgotten. Um, 
in order for in order to stop people like Gao, essentially, uh, he does mention that he's been trying to stop Gao and other people like her for years now. Which seems like okay because he does mention that he's got like seven people at uh, currently at his place that uh, were previously addicted to Gao's uh, heroin, his synthetic heroin drug. So you can kind of see that motivation a little bit, but it still doesn't. Something does not add up here. Something very off, very strange going on. <clears throat> uh, we then see Joy calling Danny and <laughs> lets him speak to Harold to. Danny's surprised that, he, number one, he's alive. Because <laughs> when he was at Harold's place before, there was, like, blood everywhere. And I was like, no, nah, I'm fine. It's cool. All good. Um, Danny says that he'll come back as soon as he can. And he... Uh, Danny informs Harold about Gao being taken care of. So Harold is pretty happy about this because mm-hmm. Gao was one of the, the big issues that he had uh, with, like, him having to be hidden, essentially. It was all because of Gao. Uh, so Harold's like, yeah, okay, well, it's time to celebrate with with a Balvenie, a forty year old Balvenie. Now that is that's a nice whiskey. <laughs> okay, I'm not a whiskey or, person. Or or, uh, or or Scotch, if you if you call it that over there, but a very nice malt whiskey. Um, and he pours a glass for himself and for Joy, but Joy says it's too early. So Harold flips out and smashes the bottle, and and I was very sad when he did this. I hope that it was not a real. <laughs> a real one. I hope it was like tea in that bottle. Um, and Harold really, really hates ungrateful people, doesn't he? Yes. Like, <laughs> like, because last week we saw him like flip out and kill that dude over the ice cream, and then this week he's like smashing a really nice whiskey over, uh, over her not accepting a drink. So he really does not like ungrateful people. He's just trying to do nice things mm. for nice people. Well, he's trying to be a nice guy and do nice things for people out of the kindness of his own heart, and they're just throwing it back in his face. And he does not like that. And when you do that, he's going to kill you. Yep, he's going to kill you with an ice cream scoop. <laughs> that guy had it coming, though. Oh, yeah. But he doesn't quite go that far with uh, with Joy. He does kind of go, okay, Wait a minute, this is Joy. Uh, and calms down and he's like, apologizes and is like, oh, I'll, I'll clean this up. Goes back to normal Harold from being crazy Harold. Um, back over wherever wherever Bakudo is. Because <laughs> it's not quite evident where it was. Because like, initially I thought it was like in China. And it wasn't. And even thinking back on it before I watched this episode, I was like, yeah, they went to China. This, this was in China. But it wasn't. No. I I, well, I could tell it was New York. Yeah, see, obviously, I've I've never been so like I just I just assumed because it was it seemed to have gone away. I was like they're in China again, and they absolutely weren't. They were known, you know. Um, but yeah, so we find out that Bakudo has a sort of a wiretap on Danny's phone, um, and one of these guys has been like listening into to his calls, and he finds out that uh, Danny's spoken to Joy and spoken to Harold as well, and he's like. You sure about this name, Harold Meacham? Like, that doesn't seem right. Like, because obviously Bakudo is. Would ima- I would imagine Bakudo knows that he's dead. Um, and he asks the uh, his guy to get him a full transcript on the call. Uh, Colleen then comes to see Bakudo, and says that she wants to come clean about something to Danny. Uh, Bakudo says that he's not quite ready for that just yet. Which is, again, yeah, a very fishy going on here. 
and, and you know, like I, I think the first time when I watched this episode, I'm like, there's something going on between like Dan, eh, not Danny, between uh, Bakudo and and Colleen. Like maybe mm-hmm. maybe they used to be married, or maybe they've got a kid together, or something like that, or uh, and it's like a whole relationship thing. But <laughs> as we'll see, it's something much worse. <laughs> now. Uh, we also see uh, Danny bumps into Darrow, who's there, and this is obviously the scholarship that he mentioned that he was going on. We assumed it was to like a university or something like that, but it's actually to this place, whatever this is. Uh, it's a full scholarship to this place, the unnamed place. Bakudo <laughs> School. The School of Bakudo. Um, however, Darrow seems to be pretty happy that Darrow, sorry, Darrow is one of Colin's students who we've not seen for quite a few episodes at this point because he's been away at the scholarship um but yeah he's here and he seems really happy and he seems to love it here and his friends that he has there as well seem to absolutely love it there as well uh, and they say that they do training and whatnot and the, the food is even good and there is a curfew and whatnot but nobody's really that bothered about about going out and breaking it because everyone's happy it's like hmm are there any secret areas that you're not allowed to go to <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was like, oh, uh, over there. <laughs> that is awkward, Danny. Question. Yep, hundred percent. You're like, you shouldn't ask him that. Like, you need to, or you need to be able a little bit more subtle about it at least. Yeah. <laughs> not just go. Are there anywhere you're not allowed to go? Like any secret areas? And it's like, oh, just yeah, we're not allowed to go in that building. Don't know why. Don't know what's there. Like, okay, <laughs> Danny's going straight. Huh? That's, that's where. Okay, I'm. I'm off. I'm going to the secret building you're not allowed in. <laughs> he does, uh, Daryl does say that he's learned some new moves and that he reckons that he could probably take Danny now. And he shows Danny a couple of his moves and Danny just kind of dodges out of the way. It's like, yeah, okay, you can't take me. <laughs> he's not that good. Um, so he then uh, he then goes uh, over to this building that is seemingly off limits and goes kind of poking around for um, Adam Gow. And... He does his best Mirror's Edge impression here, where he runs up a wall and jumps up to a ladder on the side of this house, which is being guarded by a couple of security guards. And he eventually does find uh, Madame Gow's room that she's in, and she like talks to him through a security camera, essentially. Uh, she says that... She says a few things to him, but the, the crux of it is that the hand is stealing his ability to trust and kind of implies that the people that he trusts he maybe shouldn't trust. And the screener just puts the cogs in Danny's head spinning and uh, gets him onto a whole line of questioning for for Colleen for later on. Um, so Bakudo then appears and is like, oh yeah, you shouldn't be here, and takes him away back to Colleen. So Danny then tells Colleen about his uh, encounter with Madame Gow and that she was implying essentially that this thing here was in fact the hand. So it's not just Bakuro's like special place. The Bakuro is actually a member of the hand and is running this hand facility essentially. Um and Danny has added this up with the fact that inside Bakuro's office was a ceremonial knife which is used by the hand and one of the people that attacked him previously. And he basically asked Colin straight up like is this the hand? She's like, um, yes. <laughs> Surprise! <Uh-oh. laughs> oh dear. So this whole thing that like this is Colleen's family, and she's a member of this like 
cult, essentially, is actually all the Hand. So Colin is, in fact, a member of the Hand. Yeah. In a bit of a big twist, to be honest. Like, I did not see this coming. No. No, I mean, we had seen Bakudo in, like, what, episode three or four, briefly? And, you know, he had a discussion with her and then left. And it was it, it was a little, um, you know, it was all very vague, but it was like, huh, who's this guy? What's he, you know, and back then we thought maybe, uh, you know, that, that was her slice on the side or something. Yep. But, uh, you know, didn't see this coming. Nope, did not see this coming at all. And it was a nice little twist, to be honest, because... Uh, like Colleen, you've totally we've totally been trusting the whole way along, and she's been the best mm. character in the show as well. Mm. And then to have them like flip it so that she is like kind of one of the bad, kind of one of the bad guys, was uh, was quite an interesting turn. And, and it, I think it kind of only adds to her character development as well, to be honest. But it, Danny does ask her as well, like about uh, about Madame Gow and uh, Colleen tries to kind of. Like explain it away that well, Madame Gao is the hand, but we are also the hand. But she's the bad section of the hand, and we're the good section of the hand. <laughs> she's the she and her followers are a rogue element. Yeah, a rogue element of the hand. Like, and and I mean, you get that. You do get things like that in all kind of sects and even religions and whatnot. You get bad people when you get bad people in all walks of society, but. Uh, Danny's like, no, this doesn't add up. Like, the hand is bad. The hand is bad. The hand is bad. The hand is bad. That's what he's had drummed into him since he was a young, young child. Um, the hand is the enemy, and they're they're all bad people. Um, so he's like dead set against us. Um, now Danny asks the question, which pops into his head next, and is a bit of an awkward question for him to ask, but it's something that he needs to know. Like, he asks uh, if Bakudo made her recruit him, and if he made her sleep with him as well. And she's like, no, 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 no. She fell in love with Danny Rand, uh, not the Iron Fist, and before Bakudo ever asked uh, her to bring him into the, the this hand facility and whatnot. Uh, which you're like, okay, well, I can kind of see that a little bit but I mean he did come to her quite a number of episodes ago now at this point mm. um, when they were kind of starting to like see each other and whatnot, and it just it all feels a little bit off like as if she's been playing him the whole time sort of thing and he certainly ha- of- I mean mm. it's a fair assumption I mean mm-hmm. yep but and it's, it's it's a legitimate question for him yeah. to ask because I mean he feels like he's been lied to and uh, he's essentially in bed with the enemy like it's what it boils down to sleeping with um, the enemy. Yep, I, and and I do kind of believe when she says like, "Oh, look, I didn't I didn't fall in love with the Iron Fist like it's like Dan it's Danny that she fell in love with," which and she seems like fairly legitimate when she says that. But then she goes on to say that Danny has actually has been brainwashed. <laughs> From when he was a young child, and uh, because every time somebody mentions the hand, he gets mad and goes rushing off into the next caper. Um, and she says, "Oh, maybe his teacher's got it wrong, uh, and maybe the hand is actually good." Now, obviously, Gao's element 
is not good. They're bad guys. Uh, but she uh, is insistent that her uh, her sect is good people. Um, and she says, oh, that the hand is her family. And Danny's like, well, your family killed my family. <laughs> like that That's an impasse you've got to right there. <laughs> Drop the mic. How does your relationship progress forward from that? Like, your family killed my family. Um, Sorta, where do we go from here? Yeah, <laughs> you got me there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we then see uh, Bakudo visiting Harold while he's having dinner. Um, and Bukuro tells him basically that he'll be taken over from Gao. Uh, however, he, he doesn't lead in the same way as Gao, like Gao led through fear, and uh, Bukuro likes to lead through partnership. So he basically offers Harold a kind of deal that would enable him to return to public life, which Harold's like, oh, okay. Like, I quite like that idea. Like, tell me, tell me about it. And of course, we don't get to see what he says to him about it, but... Uh, we we then cut back over to uh, to the hand uh, training facility where I can't believe that Danny's still there. To be honest, like I thought this was a bit of a plot hole because he after he's like said that to Colleen, like that's your drop the mic walk out moment. You know, like your family killed my family. Fuck you. See you later. I'm off. <laughs> you know, like he's got he's got to distance himself at that point, and at the very least, like go away, calm down, and like have a think about it. You know, and not like sit in the same room with her, just like while she's sleeping and he's just sitting on the end of the bed meditating. Like that's just weird. Like I can't believe he's still there. He's a weird like, dude. Well, he is, yeah, but I mean, you think he would just like he would leave <laughs> at that point? Because I would leave. Yeah. Like he's already seen Go, and he's like he's got what he needs to know off of her and he knows that this is now the ham facility like if, if i was him i'd be like okay well this i'm in the the enemy camp i need to get out of here i'm in danger plus like the whole betrayal from calling and whatnot you, mm-hmm. you want to get yourself as far away from that as possible but he doesn't he just he just sits there like yeah i'm just gonna stay here and like what because when they were having that conversation it was still relatively light outside and then when we cut back and see Danny again it's dark mm. so what did they do for those like two three hours in between party baby like did they did they talk did they just sit there in silence like what happened but yeah it was very weird um anyway Danny then sees he does see the guards leaving uh Gau sort of prison bit and he goes for another poke around this time he sneaks in through a, a, a grate in the floor um, and this time he finds like a room with a bunch of kind of monitoring stations, which were observing a load of different things, which I believe were pretty much all Rand related in some way, um, including overhearing some like credit card transactions going on. So obviously they're stealing money from people because uh, you can hear a guy like reading his whole like credit card number and like the number on the back and everything like that. So they're obviously stealing money from them in some way. Uh, and also there's a security camera feed set up which is watching over Harold's penthouse uh, Danny smashes a few of the PCs just like goes rah, and rages out for a minute and smashes a few things and Bakudo comes in and tells him he's failed the test um, and, and I think this was from what it seems to be they were trying to recruit him into the hand essentially hmm. And that doesn't really make sense from watching Iron Fist, even watching the whole season of Iron Fist. doesn't make sense, like, why they would want to recruit him, because 
he's he's been always brought up to be their enemy, and they've always been kind of like his enemy, in in the past and whatnot. But the only time, the only reason that it starts to make sense is when you watch Defenders, which is kind of a a, a bit shit for this show because you don't understand the characters' and motivations mm. in this show unless you watch the Defenders and then go back and watch this again, like we have done. <laughs> so it's a, it's like it's not quite a plot hole, but it, it's kind of a shame for this show that you don't understand what's going on yeah, in this show. The, you know, this was probably one of the pieces that you know because there is something just off about this whole storyline. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so yeah, Bakudo comes in at this point, and then we get to see a bit of a fight between Danny and Bakudo, and Bakudo's like a decent fighter and he's like flipping around and grabbing weapons and whatnot and try to hit Danny with them and whatnot. But he's not like he's not a patch on Danny in terms of fighting. Like Danny manages to like knock him down and then run off with relative ease. Um he then gets confronted by like a couple of guards and just out of absolutely nowhere, the uh the guy that we saw from the the uh Tying up the guy in the taco truck mm-hmm. in the last episode, the all that and dim sum taco truck. This guy shows up and just like helps him out. <laughs> just beats up these two guys for him and then says, "Oh, you really are the worst Iron Fist ever." <laughs> and uh, Danny's like, "Oh, hello, Davos. <laughs> what are you doing here?" So this is Davos, who in the comic books is known as the uh, the Steel Serpent. Okay. And he's basically uh, he's basically one of Iron Fist's uh, villains in the comic books. But in this iteration, at the moment, at least anyway, he is uh, basically Danny's best friend yes. from Kunlun. Uh, they've grown up together and trained together and whatnot, and they've had they've had a lot of capers. And we have heard Davos mentioned before when uh, Danny was telling stories to Colin about his time at Kunlun when they used to they used to steal. I think it was Legends. Uh, Essentially, he's moonshine, <laughs> yep. or he's mulled wine, or whatever it was. But yeah, so this is this is his, his pal essentially. So his childhood friend has been friends with for a long time. Has come out to come to help him for some reason. Um, so we then see Harold returning to Rand very late at night. Uh, however, uh, Lawrence, who's the the current head of the Rand board, is still there working, and he says he says that it's uh. It's unusual to see him not banging the secretary over the over the uh, the copy uh, the uh, the copy machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, he he knows what's going on at Rand. Yep. Um, and uh, and then he's like, okay, well, I think we we've, we've got a plan here, and like he wants to uh, basically he wants the mediums to be put back in. Uh, into Rand, and he shows uh, he shows Lawrence the uh, the blackmail stuff that Joy has on him, <laughs> which is like, okay, well that's totally the opposite from what you said earlier on. Like you said earlier that you weren't going to use that, like you were going to let this all be sorted out in the courts. But then all of a sudden he's flipped his lead, changed his tune, and gone. Okay, look, here's the blackmail stuff. Um, we want to be leaving a legacy for our kids. Blah blah blah. And he mentions like. About how his son Michael is already fragile, and he's got he's got some kind of like mental disorders and stuff, and like how would he cope if the truth about his dad's like embezzling and uh, prostitution offences and whatnot had got out? And 
uh, Lawrence is like, oh, I'll call, I'll call the security. But obviously, Harold has cut the power lines for the for the moment anyway, and uh, can't do that. So <laughs> he then says, "Okay, well, kill yourself." <laughs> I got a way out of this for you. Yeah, yeah. Here you go. There's a way out. Kill yourself. And he's like, "What? What are you talking about? No, I'm not going to do that." Like, uh, if I think he's kind of like looking at it, like, well, if if uh, if he is going to leak this information to the press or to the board or whatever, like, so be it. I'll, I'll deal with the consequences of of his actions. Like, okay. And and his family will come to terms with it in time. But Harold's like, no. Go and kill yourself, and you can go out like, uh, uh, go out with your family, believing that you're a good man, and none of this will ever come to light. And he's like, "Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that." So Harold then just pulls out a gun and shoots him in the head. <laughs> like, okay, and, and then he gets. Don't what, say no he, to Harold. No, like just go, go ahead and kill yourself. Like if Harold asks you, oh, just do it, because <laughs> he's just going to kill you anyway. Um. But yeah, so he then gets his uh, his helper guy to essentially make it look like this guy committed suicide. So Lawrence is now dead. <laughs> uh, back over at the uh, the hand place, we see Danny telling uh, Davos that, "Yep, this is the, this is a hand facility," because Davos apparently didn't know this. Um, and Davos is like, okay, shit, well, then we'll just kill as many of them as we can on the way out. <laughs> Which, like, they, they, he doesn't kill anyone <laughs> at all. But I don't, I don't, because he didn't have any weapons or anything with him, so. But he's obviously, like, I mean, Danny doesn't kill people. We know that that's his, like, mantra. He's not a killer. He's He will fight and knock people down and whatnot, but he doesn't kill people. Uh, Davos is not, like shine away from it. He's like, yeah, I'll kill people if I need to, which is interesting considering they've had the same training. So maybe he's got a slightly different moral setup than, than what Danny has. Uh, so the the alarm of the place then sounds and all the uh, all the hand students start to filter out of their dorms, including Colleen and Daryl and whatnot. And uh, we see Danny and Davos fight a bunch of dudes in, in a corridor, in an okay corridor fight scene. This is the most narrow corridor ever. <laughs> I was just looking at it, and they could barely, uh, it was barely wide enough for one person to walk through. I'm just looking at it, and being a claustrophobe, uh, I noticed things like this. Um, mm. It was like, good God, I mean, it, it was tiny. I mean, it, you couldn't, two people could not walk side by side in this corridor. Yeah, they couldn't. And I mean, like, even uh, Danny and Davos going to try to fight these guys. They're having to, like, essentially romp the walls just mm-hmm. to get around each other and, and the guys. So, I mean, it was quite an interesting fight scene. Definitely not as well choreographed as, like, any of the Daredevil stuff. Or even, like, when the Punisher had the fight in the sort of jail cell corridor. Mm-hmm. Like, that was awesome as well. But, like, this, this is kind of really subpar compared to those. They've obviously, like, seen those and went, oh, we need to do our version of that. And tried to do it here, and it it's like it's all right, but it doesn't quite work as well. And uh, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why the corridor is so narrow, so they could do all their stunts mm-hmm. because yep. if it was wider, uh, these guys probably couldn't pull them off. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. And so they managed to get away from all these guys and uh, outside, and they mentioned that stealing apples from Master Quum was hard. 
so I don't know what that has to do with this, though. Like, I didn't, I didn't quite work that out. I don't know if you caught that. No, I missed that one. No. Um, so they go to they go to leave, and basically they plan to uh, get Danny to summon the Iron Fist and knock down the uh, the gate so they can escape. Um, but uh, Daryl pops in and stops Danny in his tracks, uh, and then Bakuro sort of slides in from the side and, and stabs Danny in the side, and now, in amongst this, Daryl managed to get stabbed as well with like uh, in the leg with a little like it's kind of like a little arrowhead sort of thing. Now, Daryl or Davros? Ed Daryl, Daryl. Okay. Ed, so Ed Daryl's uh, calling student. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. No, I wasn't. I wasn't quite clear, and it was it was hard to tell who actually stabs Daryl. Like and how that happened, because mm. you you clearly see Bakuro stab into. Danny's side, and then Danny kind of try and fight him off. Um, now I wasn't quite sure if Bakuro stabbed Daryl on purpose, or like if something happened where there was a, a kind of accidental collision between the two of them, and he got stabbed in the leg somehow. It was it was hard to tell from watching mm. this even a second time. Um, and Colleen does see all this going on in the background, and she kind of runs off at this point. Like I, th- I think she's not quite sure like what to do because she's like, well. On one hand, like, yeah, I, I want to be with Danny, but then these guys are fighting him and stabbing him. Like, what is, what's the deal here? Like, you'd think that if even if they'd come to an impasse, they would just be like, okay, go away. Leave us alone. Get out. Kick him out. Um, Bakuro then tells Danny that, because Danny tries to summon the fist to knock down the door and he can't, mm-hmm. and Bakuro tells him that, yeah, the fist won't work because he's too angry at this point. Uh, Bakuro's essentially riled him up so much by like stabbing him in the side and then stabbing well, or and Daryl getting injured that he's like and he stabbing can't him in the back. At this point. Well, yeah, stabbing that. Or Colleen at uh, least so he, did. Well, there is that as well, yeah. So, uh, so Danny can't punch through the gate at the moment. So we then see Danny and Davos fighting a load more hand recruit people uh, in this courtyard. And again, it's a kind of all right fight. Davos doesn't kill anyone. <laughs> They just knock out a bunch of guys. Um, and what's that going on? This hmm. was a decent fight. I mean, you could see that uh, Dan, uh, whatever Finn Jones is actually starting mm-hmm. to learn some fight choreography here. Mm-hmm. It's still mm-hmm. not. Um, it's still not up to Daredevil standards, but no. he's uh, certainly uh, picking some stuff up. Yeah, so I mean, and, and when you go into defenders, he's definitely much better in defenders. And then for Ryan for season two, they've done a lot more training by then. So I expect to see a lot more of the martial arts type stuff and some good choreography and whatnot mm. uh, next season in this. Um, but while that's going on, we see uh, Colin knocking out a dude called Eric, who we've, I don't think we've ever seen him before. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know why it was important that we knew his name. Uh, and she then opens the gate for Danny and Davos, uh, and then closes it behind them, uh, letting them letting them escape through it before breaking the gate controls so that the uh, the hand people can't open it. Uh, she does manage to escape as well, but she doesn't like go to find Danny. She just kind of goes off on her own. Um, however, Daryl is left behind, and we find out because uh, Bakuro goes over and talks to him, and uh, we find out that Bakuro had asked him to essentially go and stop Danny from leaving. Mm-hmm. So I think we could have stabbed Daryl on purpose. 
Could be. Like, that, that's is, the impression is, is I got. The one, is he the one that uh, uh, Bakudo says, no, hey, not we, we have, mm. uh, he has a purpose or something to that effect? Yeah, he said uh, He said to him that he, he's our future. Yes. Yeah. So, but, I mean, Daryl seems to be like a good fighter and he seems to be loyal, very loyal to Bakudo. Mm-hmm. Even though he, he's known Danny for potentially longer, I don't I, I don't know if he'd have met Bakudo before. It's kind of unclear and not mentioned. But yeah, his loyalties are very. They should be to Colleen, and maybe she's he's just transferred his loyalties from her over to this, uh, to the hand. I don't know. But um, yeah. Anyway, back over uh, back over with Rand. Uh, Joy meets with the Rand board in the morning and informs them that Lawrence committed suicide the previous night. And she's like, oh, the Rand stock is going to drop massively unless they uh, reinstate the Meachums, essentially restoring stability with a show of strength. And the board is like, well, okay, I guess we don't have any other choice. <laughs> like, we need to do this or the company's fucked, essentially. So they agreed to reinstate the Meachums and Danny as well. Mm-hmm. And Harold and Joy then have a bit of a celebration. And... Uh, Joy asks him point blank if he had Lawrence killed. So she's like, did you have Lawrence killed? And he's like, no, I didn't have Lawrence killed. <laughs> I killed her myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, didn't have him killed. Like, nope, didn't have him killed. Did it myself. Or, like shot him in the head. <laughs> like, okay. But then he's like, oh, but there is someone we do have to destroy. His name is Bakudo. So he, he's whilst he seemed to be receptive to Bakudo's plan, he doesn't want to be under anyone's thumb anymore. He's like, nope, I'm I'm done with this. We need to get rid of this guy. Like, uh, we managed to get rid of Gao, and I had a brief taste of freedom for five minutes, and I want that back. <laughs> mm. uh, so we then see Colleen going back to the city, and uh, Davos and uh, Danny go back to the city as well. So. We find out that Davos has basically come here to take Danny back to Kunlun. Um, he says that the way is currently open and there's no one there to protect it. So Danny's essentially like left his post. Now I'm curious to like, how long is the way open for? Like, uh, has it been open the whole mm-hmm. time he's been here? Like, who's been protecting it since then? Or has it like opened and then cl- like closed and then opened again since then? I'm I'm not quite sure. It's very very unclear. And, like, how long does it stay open for when it opens? Because exactly. they said it only opens, like, once every, what, however many years, it, 10 years, years or, years or something, something, 15 like years. That, yeah. yeah. So how long does it stay open for? A year, six months? Like, what? what's the deal there? Um, and it's not clear in this episode. I don't know that they ever made it clear in, in the in the season, to be honest. So we'll, we'll maybe talk about that again in a future episode. But yeah, basically, uh, Danny left Kunlun without telling anybody that he was uh, that he was leaving. He just fucked off. Basically, he's like, okay, uh, abandoned his post and left it with no protector. But I mean, they do have they obviously have other warriors. Like Davos is a pretty good fighter, as we've seen mm-hmm. from uh, from this episode. He's and he's handy with uh, with tinfoil as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Davos says like, oh, you've failed as the Iron Fist, and we need to go back to Kunlun and uh, submit to Master Legun and hope that he can restore Danny to uh, to being the proper Iron Fist that he should be, because uh, obviously he can't even summon the, the Fist at this point. And uh, if not, then who knows what happens. 
which is ominous. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Yeah, a l- little bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah, so a little bit of a cliffhanger, but I mean, they didn't really change much in this. Uh, I did like the introduction of Davos. He was not at all what I was expecting. <laughs> like, from like, because he, he's got an English accent. Mm. And I don't think in... I could be wrong, but I don't think in the comic books he's English. I, yeah, I couldn't tell you. And I'm, I'm sure, like, in, in the comic books, he's kind of, like... Uh, he's a big, kind of, chunky guy. He's yeah. tall and, like, very muscular and very well-built. And this guy is, like, not like that at all. He's, he's basically the same sort of frame as Danny. But yeah, what did what do you think of this one overall? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I can't. I mean, there were there were just a lot of plot holes, mm-hmm. yeah. and they're starting to you know they're starting to show and they're starting to get bigger. Um, the whole. Uh, yeah, how long is this uh, gateway open? Because it hasn't been open for 15 goddamn years. And now it seems like it opens every other day. Yeah, or, or it is open for a very long period of time, Yeah, let's say. Because, I mean, Danny's been, Danny's been away from Quinlan for at least at least three four probably six months at this point because yeah. remember he he had, he had to leave there and then he had to get to america mm-hmm. so you know it's it's been open for quite a wee while it's not an insurmountable amount of time no and uh so it was just kind of uh, you know it's like you know uh you know he couldn't get back to uh our world for 15 years and now uh you know there seems to be uh a a bus stop there (laughs) people can come and go as they please uh there's that um the colleen thing just kind of i mean while i think it's a cool twist i also kind of i felt betrayed yeah yeah. she's a lion slut (laughs) <laughs> but but I think that that twist was actually pretty good and unexpected. Uh, that's probably the best thing about the episode, mm. like having that twist. I think that like if they didn't have maybe the last two episodes that were like really not very good episodes, then this would have been better. But because we had those two kind of sucky episodes, mm. this episode kind of it. Whilst it was much better than those two, it did feel a bit flat because we had two episodes of guff really. And I mean. When you think about it, this, you know, going back and watching it a second time, um, this was one of the more fight-heavy episodes. You actually Yeah, had, and there was um, like you, three fights in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and they weren't, uh, they were better choreographed, they were uh, a little longer. Uh, there were some actually decent moves within the fights themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fight with um, with uh, what's what you call it, uh, Bakudo was kind of cool. Yeah, it, it was very short though that fight. Mm. I, I did I did like seeing him like with the weapons and whatnot, mm-hmm. and like uh, the the jumps and like flips and stuff he was doing was quite cool. Mm-hmm. 
well, like I said, I think the hallway thing was cheapened by how uh, narrow the hallway was. And it's like, <laughs> okay, this is just uh, so that they can pull off all the funky mo- wall moves. Mm-hmm. You're not fooling me at all. Um, but, and then and the courtyard one was pretty decent as well. So, I mean, technically, uh, while I think, you know, we're starting to see some story holes and uh, it's just kind of, you know, the whole Meacham thing has just gone weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. At the same time, it wasn't that horrible of an episode, actually. Oh, I think this was the last good episode of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to, yeah, it's, it's been a while. I'm going to have to, you know, I'm looking. It'll be interesting to see how it ends or, you know, mm. see, go back to the ending because... Yeah, there, there's a bit of a letdown at the end as to the big bad and all that crap, but... Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, what did you think? Uh, yeah, like I say, I think this this was the, the best episode in the second half of the season. They're definitely not the best episode overall, but the, there was some good things in there, like uh, Colleen turning out to be a member of the Hand was a real shock, to be honest. Uh, it was a gut punch. An absolute gut punch, yeah. I mean, I, I remember watching it the first time and being like, oh, holy shit, like, I can't believe that Colleen's bad. Like, mm. what? <laughs> and then, but to have for like, kind of see uh, see that she's been the one that's kind of been brainwashed and not Danny is, was an interesting kind of flip where she does end up helping him out because she does, like, she obviously loves him. Mm. Um, so her motivations are kind of interesting at the end of this episode and you're like, well, what does she do now? Like, how does she come back from this? Does she, like, do her and Danny, like, make it? Or do they just, like, go their separate ways? Because, like, at the end of the episode, even though they both escape the hand facility and they're both, like, persona non gratis now with the hand, uh, they don't, like, she doesn't go to him. And I think he's kind of surprised by that because, like, she did help them out and you would have, he would have expected her then to come and find him when she was leaving. And she didn't. Didn't even look for him. Mm. Yeah. So, be so it's kind of interesting how that's gonna like pan out and uh, go forward in the last couple of episodes. But but yeah, it was a decent episode, not amazing. And and yeah, like you said, there's some weird plot holes going on in here. And I think they could have smoothed it out much better if they they dropped a couple of episodes earlier on in the season and like tightened things up a little bit, and it would have had us not having to have all these plot holes like this guy just being like you need to come back to Kunlun now like okay sorry every season needs to be 13 episodes <laughs> the defenders wasn't no but they, they went in uh on the ground floor i mean originally the defenders was going to be six mm, yeah what, what did it end up they did eight didn't they eight. yeah so all right. Well, uh, that's it for this week. I think we're done. Yep. Um, Andy, when you're not being a backstabbing hoe, where can people find you? 
So you can find me trying to backstab that whole alley every Tuesday on 42 Level 1, uh, live on allgames.com, 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific, 9.30 Greenwich Mean Time. We talk everything, movies, TV shows, and mainly uh, video games. Um, you can find all our episodes on, all ga- um, on Stitcher, iTunes, as well as the archive on allgames.com. And you can find me every Tuesday night as well on the B-Team podcast with my co-hosts Ryan, Eli, and Fred, where we discuss video games, TVs, movies, and a bunch of tech. Uh, we also did a bunch of Comic-Con this week as well because, well, you know, that was that was my game this week, surviving Comic-Con. Um, <laughs> but you can... You can find us there Tuesdays, 9, 9 p.m. Eastern. And then you, I also do Knuckleballer Radio with Eli and Sean Freeman. Uh, Thursday nights, 9 p.m. on allgames.com, where we discuss pretty much anything that we want. Last week, uh, last week it was a discussion and slight argument with Eli over the Inhumans and the Gifted. Okay, was, I haven't heard I haven't heard that one yet. Yeah, he was not <laughs> the, a fan of Inhumans. He likes the Gifted, but the the one I just listened to was the uh, the the controversial episode. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah, I'm not even talking about that one, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but yes, check check out our shows, um, and send us tweets. Send us Facebook. Uh, you know. Send us messages on Facebook, and uh, we will certainly read them all on the air, good, bad, or indifferent. And if you get a chance, leave us a review over on iTunes. Um, I want to thank everybody for downloading and or streaming the show to, this week, or uh, even maybe listening on all games, because we do air the shows on all games Fridays, 8 p.m. Eastern. Seven, no, eight. We're eight now, right? Yeah, we're eight. Eight, yeah. Some people are definitely listening, uh, listening to the show when it's broadcast because we we are being in the in the all games rankings. Yeah, I think we were in the top five <laughs> like, last week. Yeah, I think we were like number four or something like that last week. So uh, if you're listening to all games, uh, thank you, sh- uh, thank you, and uh, leave a message in the in the chat that we, we may do- or may not see. <laughs> we gotta do a live show one of these weeks again. Yeah, we'll do one sooner or later. Schedule is is awkward for actually getting to do that, but what we we do them from time to time. Yeah, and they're always a good fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will see you guys next week, and I don't care what type of backstabbing hoe she is. Whatever you do, don't touch Lola. Night, guys. Mm-hmm.